0: Welcome to the war from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Well, today's episode is almost a counterpoint to yesterday's um, because uh, during the war, uh, as yesterday's episode showed, showed many people were v- very vigilant. However, going too far in that direction could be comedic fodder. Of course, of the many radio comedians we've heard, there was probably only one who would really poke serious fun at wartime bureaucracy. Fred Allen was considered by many to be the first of the great American satirical uh, comedians. While others, like Hope and Benny, tended to rely on uh, straight uh, jokes and, and one-liners, Alan tended to poke a bit more fun at the news of the day and uh, events. And that definitely shows in today's episode of the Texaco Star Theater. Uh, and uh, on the Texaco Star Theater, there's an additional guest of Jimmy Durante, which definitely adds to the fun. So from April 4th of 1943 with guest uh, Jimmy Durante... And Allen's Alley. Here is the Texaco Star Theater.
1: Replacing the Red Skelton show, usually heard at this hour, here's a special rebroadcast of the American Armed Forces and their allies, featuring another of America's favorite comedians, Red Allen. And with him tonight is Portland Hopper, Hilo Jack and the Dame, Al Goodman and the Orchestra, and as guest star, Jimmy Durante. And here he is, Red Allen.
2: Thank you, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And, Jimmy, that extra coffee people are going to get this year will sure be a boon to radio. How do you mean, Fred? Why, with more coffee, people will be able to stay awake during those Jack Benny programs now. <laughs> the people really doze off listening to Jack. Doze off? Why, Maisie doze and Dozy doze everybody. <laughs> doze off, Jimmy. <laughs> They say that sheep, sheep with insomnia, count little bennies, Jimmy. <laughs> Barnyard connoisseurs have told me off the record that. But uh, with this extra coffee, I hear they're inventing a new radio just to listen to the Benny program. It's a combination radio and percolator, Jimmy. It works uh, except when the program is on. Now, if you really want to get yes, a hour! well, Portland, Jesus. <laughs> Well, Portland, what's new tonight?
3: Nothing, except what's in the papers. Well,
2: I have... I've been reading the papers, too. I read mostly from right to left. <laughs>
3: the paper said that peroxide is scarce and blondes are disappearing.
2: Oh, yes. A blonde can establish a bleach head, but without peroxide, she can't hold it. You have to... <laughs> well, Portland, we'd uh, we better, before we find out just how much they will stand for... <laughs> we, have, <laughs> we have better... <laughs> Right there, laughing at something we hope to have next week, are you? Corbin, we had better run for Allen's Alley. Have you a question for tonight? Our question tonight is, how did the fish shortage bother you? Shall we go? As the piece of string said to the finger, why not? (laughs) I should have brought my chair with me. Portland, here we are back in Allen's Alley. I'll see if Senator Bloat is there. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, Senator Bloat, uh, what about the fish problem? If my bill, the Bloat bill,
1: goes through, yes. this country will never have another fish shortage. Well, what does
2: your bill advocate?
1: Every person who's doing nothing to help the war effort will be given a fishing line and some bait. Yes, yes the fishing lines will be thrown into the water. When
2: every person who is doing nothing to help the war effort has his line in the water...
1: With all these jerks, we'll soon have enough fish to feed America.
2: I think (laughs) so. Well, I think the Senate... (laughs) is hardly worth the trouble, was it, Senator? (laughs) From telling those kind of jokes, the Senator's starting to get whiskers on himself there. (laughs) Well, I think the senator has something there, and I hope he returns to clean it up.
3: Now let's see how our...
2: let's see how Mrs. Prawn is doing. Well,
3: what is it, Miss?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Prawn is anyone alive on this program? I
3: would like to... Well, we might
2: be the annex to the Smithsonian Institute to come to life here, Mrs. Prawn. Did the fish shortage bother you? No. Every day I sent my husband over to the aquarium. I see. In no time, he was back with a mess of fish. Say, that was a good idea.
3: Yes. Any time you want fish, send the worms. Bye.
2: Well, we take leave of Mrs. Prawn and see who's in next door here. No. Mr. Nussbaum, how do you feel about this fish business? Oh, fish I am eating morning, noon, and night. White fish, blue fish, red fish. What red fish? Salmon is purple, maybe. (laughs) Also, I'm eating clamber, steeper, sabinis. You were in other words... <laughs> in other words, you were crazy about fish. Oh ho! <laughs> oh ho! I should take care of it. Besides eating, also I'm keeping in a goldfish bowl at person, <laughs> Irving by name. Irving. Irving was your pet, Sturgeon? My little penny pal. You, uh, you like you liked Irving, huh? Oh, when I'm coming home, Irving is leaping in the golfy ball for joy. Really? With the pins he's waving on me. Gosh. The caveat Irving is spelling out, oh, Lord, my boy. <laughs> You were inseparable. Until it's coming, the fish shot it. Well, what happened?
3: Suddenly, there's
2: no fish. For two weeks, I'm not eating fish. I'm going shark-raving man. You were uh, you were fish-famished, eh? Every night, I'm coming home. I'm looking on raving. Your sturgeon was still glad to see you? The caviar Iving is still spelling out, Hello, my brother. And then? One night, raving was gone. The goldfish bowl was empty. Mr. Nussbaum, you mean... that cream cheese, I think, was delicious, didn't <laughs> you? Well,
3: that,
2: that brings us to the little weed-covered cottage at the end of the alley.
1: Bonsoir, all. Si vous plaît, Falstaff's here with Rondale. <laughs>
2: Uh, You haven't more poems tonight. Indubitably. Have you heard he was just a little pigeon,
1: and yet he had religion? No. Or uh, when his antlers caught in the chandelier, the big buck deer said, Bayesmere? No. The uh, stalk had come, the doctor used penicillin, two minutes later, the baby was whistling? (laughs) No.
2: you have upset everything. Tonight we have been mulling over the fish shortage. Precisely
1: why I am here. I have spawned a scansion. You have... (laughs) What is your poem called? The whale called a meeting. Well, how does it go? The big bull whale said a meeting, I decree, and he blew a spout that shook the sea. The fish came in schools, the porpoise and seals, the flying fish flew, crabs hitchhiked on eels. The minnows scurried, the haddock and sturgeon joined the tuna and cod who needed no urgent. When all were assembled, from jellyfish to trout, the whales said, here's what this meeting's about. Fish can't fight Hitler with guns or with powder, but we can give our lives for fish dinners and chowder. Fish are like soldiers, for news we all pine. So to keep us both happy, please drop us alive.
2: Thank you, Falstaff. And as Falstaff leaves to the Fulton Fish Market to get another inspiration, Maestro Al Goodman rises to welcome Hilo Jack and the Dame. The kids sing, Mare's He Dote. I know a dairy naughty as a fruitcake, groovy as a goon and silly as a loon. Some call it pretty,
3: others call it crazy, but they all sing this through. There's a dose and dose and dose and little man's a daddy, and give me damn it through the world in two Yes, Maddy Doop and Dozy Doop, the middle and the garby That's Giddley Darby, too, wouldn't you? If the words sound queer and funny to your ear A little bit jumbled and jibby we'll Sing Maddy, old and
2: dozy, old oh, and middle and the garby Oh, Maddy Doop and Dozy Doop, the middle and the garby a kiddly-dabby-doo,
3: wouldn't you? Ooh, a kiddly-dabby-doo, wouldn't you? It's the kind of a game with words Like nothing you ever had If you're running together It won't no matter whether they ride If you're taking time Ransy pie and lansy pie A little fancy-dabby A poppy-dabby-doo, doo wouldn't you? The whalesy The and whalesy deals. The little chocolate don't but not a it's in the A two, one, two. two. One, two, 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 one,
2: That was just a dash of Take It Easy, played by Al Goodman and 25 men whose salaries can't be frozen. They work for salt. <laughs> and, now, and now, ladies and
3: gentlemen.
2: La da da dee. La da da dee. away. <laughs> away. What is that la da da de You sound like an ill wind blowing through Lower Basin Street.
3: <laughs> the oh. skaters. Oh. Mama and I saw Sonia Honey yesterday. Oh,
2: does your mother like skating?
3: I'll say. Mama can do a figure eight.
2: Your mother doesn't have to do a figure eight, she has one. (laughs) Your your mother looks like a duffel bag that came to life. Your mother on
3: ice. Mama said you should be very good on ice, too. Why? Mama says there are so many cheap skates in your family. Uh Now,
2: look, look, Portland. I'm tired tonight. I have had a lot of trouble this past week. Trouble? Yes, there's a housing shortage, you know. The other night, a strange... I was sitting home. A strange man knocked at my door. Said he'd been walking all over New York trying to find a room. He couldn't find a place to sleep. It was a cold night, so I gave him a drink and let him sleep on my sofa. The next morning when I got up, the stranger was gone and he left $3 on the table for room rent.
3: You didn't know the man? I
2: didn't know the man at all. I felt terrible accepting money for a favor. I looked for the fellow all day to give him his $3 back and that night I was depressed. Well, I decided to call on the only man who can cheer me up when I'm depressed so I went over to that nightclub, the Copacabana. I knocked on this gentleman's dressing room door. Well, if it ain't my old pal. Jimmy Durante. Well... I... Say, this, uh, this is a pretty dressing room you have here, Jimmy. Yeah, I had an inferior decorator do the (laughs) job. The same guy who did Lindy's. Oh, really? Yeah. Instead of having roses on the wallpaper, he's got meatballs. (laughs) It's a... It's a pretty shave. Yeah. It's a gravy pastel. (laughs) Gravy. I was just taking a gander at the fan mail, Fred. Oh, your fan mail? What is that postcard? It's a vitamin ad. I'm true with vitamins. Well, why? I seen an ad. A certain vitamin capsule will grow hair. That's what it said. Uh I tried them for two months. I'm as bald as any part of a grapefruit. You uh, you took these capsules every day. I was putting I was putting them on top of my head. (laughs) Who you supposed to take them, Jimmy? Now he tells me. (laughs) Say, Jimmy, uh, I saw your picture on the cover of Time this week. Yeah, they wanted to put my picture on the Reader's Digest. I turned them down. Why? People would think the Randy was a midget. Say, what is that there, that stack of paper you have there, Jimmy? These are some jokes my writers left me. (laughs) Get this one. (laughs) My girl never wears liquid stockings because she can't get her leg in the (laughs) bottle. It's no good, Fred. Why not, Jimmy? My girl can. You know, my girl's got legs like a pipe cleaner. That, that thin, that fuzzy.
3: <laughs> hey, what, is that, uh,
2: what is that other slip? Another joke you have there? Yeah, this one is a little. Wait, till you hear it? Uh-huh. <laughs> They're making a new picture of the life of Abraham Lincoln. It's called Massey Come Home.
3: <laughs>
2: Massey Come Home. Eh? What's the matter, Fred? You ain't laughing. You're letting Durani down. Well, I'm worried, Jimmy. Listen, if you're worried about the future, Fred, I know a gypsy who's open all night. No. No. No, Jimmy, I'm not. Really. I just have a little problem. You see, the other night I let a stranger sleep in my place. It was cold. I gave him a drink. The next morning I get up, the fellow was gone. He left $3 on the table, and I sort of feel guilty keeping the $3. I've looked around. I can't find the guy. Stop worrying, will you, friend? There's only one thing to do with that $3. What? Buy war bonds with it. There's a friend of mine down at the Federal Building, Mr. Umbriago. <laughs> Ombriago sells war bonds. Well, maybe that's what I'll hey, do. Hey, the not start, Mr. Granny, you want? i got to do my number, Fred. I'll leave the door open so you can hear it in here. Okay, Jimmy. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to dedicate this number to that whack who blew me a kiss in the lobby of the Martha Washington Hotel last night. Let's go, Professor. <laughs> now, once upon a time, they sang a bow to yo, yo. But that was long ago Then everybody started into to boop, boop, with you. They got tired of that, you know I'll give you $50 You show me bloop, bloop in the music Show me bloop, bloop in the music <laughs> Too bad I can't read But the tune for you and me Very unnecessary <laughs> Is that swingy six money okay? I think kitty. I think kitty.
3: Let me hear it. Let me hear that bear. What a there? It I think kidding I
2: think it I think it is. Let me hear it again. You know, I was walking down Fifth Avenue. Happened to stop into a fruiterer.
3: <laughs> I
2: bought two apples. You know, the clerk thought he knew a hint when he saw one. He said, Those apples will cost you $2 a piece. So I gave him a $5 bill. As he was about to give me a dollar change, I said, Keep it for even. I stepped in the grape. Coming in.
3: <laughs> Let me hear that man. What a band that Goodman has
2: got. Let me hear it.
3: Let me hear it.
2: You know, last night I walked into the automat, and I put a lead nickel in the slot, and what do you think came out? The manager? No. Let me hear it,
3: boys.
2: I think I I I think I Portland. Well, Portland, when Jimmy finished his song at the Copacabana, we made an appointment to meet the next day and buy war stamps with my $3. Well, I got to the federal building first. I was waiting in the lobby when Jimmy rushed in. Sorry I'm late, Fred. There was a pickpocket with no arms in the subway. He got his head caught in my pocket. <laughs> with the bite on you, huh? Well, all right, Jimmy. All right, Jimmy. Let's get my stamps. This window here says War Saving Stamp. I'll see if Umbriago is behind the window. Hello in there. Anything I can do for you, gentlemen? Yes, I'd like to buy three dollars worth of... Wait a minute, wait a minute. This guy ain't Umbriago. Well, what's the difference, I promised Umbriago, Fred. He's got to make his quota. Besides, if you're a friend of mine, Umbriago will lick the stamps for you. (laughs) Well, my, uh... My delicatessen licks war stamps for me, Jimmy. They keep a wet tongue on the counter.
3: Gentlemen,
2: when you hurry and buy your stamps, I've got to get back to my book. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm halfway up. A tree grows in Brooklyn. Oh. I can stop. Just a minute, copperhead. (laughs) Do you realize the gesture my friend is making? Now, Jimmy, Jimmy, don't bother. This man rented a room to a stranger for $3. Did he take this money and squander on wine, women, and jukeboxes? No! He's here to put it where every penny should go. It's the war, bonds, and stamps. Now, please, Jimmy, Jimmy, quiet. I'll get my just get my stamp. Three dollars worth, Mr. Hey, but, 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 before I tear them off. One thing. Yes? Did this gentleman say you rented a room? Well, I didn't exactly rent the room. No, the guy knocked on Mr. Allen's door. Yes. I see. Will you both step into this next office, please? Mr. Brownlee. Yes, yes. What is it, Hesselwright? Two suspects. Suspects? What is this? Mr. Brown is in charge of the OPA office on rent ceilings. Rent? Rent ceilings? I at you. What's the charge, Mr. Right. White? Uh, the big one rented a room for $3. He was going to buy war stamps with the money. Then the little one with a cucumber nose
3: <laughs> started
2: shooting off his bazoo. That's a lie. That's a lie. I deny the allegation and I defy the alligator. <laughs> If Umbriago was here, I'd serve the two of yous with reprievance. Now, Jimmy, Jimmy, I know what I'm Jimmy, talking about, lo- Fred. Don't lose your head. I could lose my head and still have more brains than both of these two guys. <laughs> I ask you, now you, the big one, how long have you been operating your rooming house? What rooming house? Jimmy, tell this bird. Mr. Allen ain't got no rooming house. He ain't posing as no bonnie face. No. No bonnie face?
3: There's a housing shortage.
2: Mr. Allen gave Mr. Allen gave this poor homeless wafer a bed for the night. The wafer left them $3. Mr. Allen, how much were you renting that room for on April 15th, 1943, when Wentz proposed? Well, nothing. Uh Uh-huh. Today you rent it for $3. $3 over the seating price. A flagrant violation of the OPA laws. A flagrant violation, Jimmy. Call my lawyer, Salinger and Salinger. Who need Salinger and Salinger, Fred. When Umbriago gets here, he'll heave this bum out in the street. A fragrant violation, he says. <laughs> I'm laughing happily.
3: <laughs> now, look,
2: Mr. Brownlee. Don't talk to me, you dirty wartime puppeteer. You made three dollars profit on that room. How could he make three dollars, swollen belly?
3: <laughs> it
2: was a cold night. Alan gave the guy a drink of liquor. With the price of liquor what it is today, Allen must have lost money. Liquor, huh? You have a license to sell liquor? Well, no. (laughs) This isn't the case for the OPA. This is the case for the alcohol squad. The alcohol squad? You heard me. Follow me. Oh, Jimmy, if you hadn't mentioned that drink... Quit worrying, will you, Fred? Umbriago will have these guys on the street with their portfolio's dragons. (laughs) Who's this door, you two? Mr. Toledo. Yes, Mr. Brownlee. A speakeasy case. I suggest you grill these characters. Are you? Where is this? easy, okay well, I don't want to speakeasy it was a cold night I gave this stranger a drink oh well if you didn't charge him for the drink well no no the guy left three bucks Jimmy Jimmy oh so you did take money for the liquor huh did you enter this money as income well no listen I... bud listen I can explain the whole thing you keep your nose out of this all of it <laughs> yes
1: yes all of it and stop inhaling over my desk you're sucking up my memos. <laughs>
3: Now
2: listen, I didn't sell the liquor. Look, Pinhead, this stranger knocked on Alan's door. Yes. Stranger! You rented a room to a total stranger? You didn't get his name, his address? You didn't ask to sing his draft card? Well, no. I've heard enough. Follow me. <laughs> this is all your fault, Jimmy Durante. I came in here to buy a wash stamp. Now I'm getting pasted around. When Umbriago gets in and sees what's going on, he'll have, he'll have this jerk down on his knees begging for mercy. Right in this door. Now, Jimmy, the letters on that door, do you see what I see? F- I. Who do we know with those initials?
1: <laughs> Inside, please. Inspector 2 games. Yes,
2: Ippolito. I think these two mugs, Allen and Durante, are mixed up in case 64. Oh, Inspector, there's been a mistake.
1: Allen, the FBI isn't interested in you small-time crooks. We're well after bigger game. Now describe this stranger who spent the night in your place. Well, he was around about medium
2: height. he wear a green turtleneck sweater and carry a black patent leather briefcase? Yes, sir. He wore yellow bicycle clips and carried a neon cane. <laughs> Alan, that
1: man is wanted. What man? Sabotage Sam. Sabotage Sam? The FBI has been trailing this criminal for weeks. You let this nefarious gangster hide out on your premises.
2: Inspector, believe me. Fred, let me handle this. Jimmy, call my lawyer, Solinger and Solinger. This is a case for Umbriago, Fred. <laughs> Why, when Umbriago hears about this, J. Egger will personally beat this guy's brains out. The FBI never forgets a face, Alan. Get under that light. Now the FBI doesn't know me. Oh no, you won't talk
1: your way out of this rat. Fingers, McGonagall. <laughs> Fingers McGonagall. I knew there was something familiar about you. Those long thumbs,
2: those sweeping hangnails. Now, this is ridiculous. Jimmy, explain who I am. Tell him. Tell him what, fingers? (laughs) Fingers, Jimmy, you have known me for 20 years and you take this guy's word? Fred, he's got a nunner's face. Inspector, believe me, I am not Fingers McGonigal. I'm Fred Allen. I just came in here to buy some war stamps. Inspector, you gotta give Allen the benefit of the doubt. There is no doubt. Then there
1: is no benefit.
3: <laughs>
1: Come clean, Fingers. Where's Sabotage Sam? Where's your gun maul, Jersey Jimmy? Where's your brother, Flat Top? Now wait a
2: minute. <laughs> I don't know these people. A strange
1: guy came to my
2: apartment. Now, look,
1: turn state's evidence fingers, and I'll get you off with 40 years. If you don't, it's Alcatraz. Wait a minute, Inspector. You can't
2: do that, my friend. Yes, I can. Okay, you talked me out of it.
3: <laughs>
2: now, Jimmy, Jimmy, explain to him. He won't believe me. Tell him a stranger just knocked on my door. <laughs> I got gotta laugh. This is funny. When I think what Umbriago
1: is going to do to this joint, I shut up. Umbriago is your only hope, Fred. Now, Fingers, perhaps if you see a picture of Sabotage Sam, if you're brought face to face with this low, despicable saboteur, maybe your tongue will loosen. Look, over on that wall,
2: that picture under wanted. Do you recognize your buddy? Now, believe me, Inspector, I never saw this man before in my life. I'm innocent. Well, I'll be seeing you when you get out, Fred. Jimmy... Where are you going? I gotta beat it, Fred. Why? That picture on the wall. That guy's who's wanted. You recognize him? It's Umbriago.
3: <laughs> Come on, Fred. Oh, Jimmy. Jimmy.
1: You just heard a rebroadcast of the Fred Allen Show. And now, as an after show treat, we invite you to listen to the distinctive rhythms of Raymond Scott and his orchestra. <laughs> This rebroadcast is a presentation of the Armed Forces Radio Service.
0: back. Uh, I like this episode a lot uh, just for its willingness uh, to uh, poke fun, but not in a way that's uh, too cynical or mean. That tended to be the style of Alan's comedy as opposed to others who came along later tended to be much more cynical. And I love Jimmy Durante. There's something just so wonderful about him as he does his thing even though the joke's often have whiskers. It's all in Durante's delivery and the pure uh, joy and uh, energy he brings. That will do it for today. If you uh, have a comment, email me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. I welcome your story or that of loved ones who served during World War II. Ken Curlin provides our opening theme music, com. I am your host, Adam Graham. This uh, series is provided as a service of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio, greatdetectives.net.